You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Now we know yesterday was a royal service. It was a wedding banquet, right? And who got married? Prince Harry and Megan. Megan. Megan, Megan. 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 And they got married. It's a royal wedding, right? And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people attended this wedding. They were outside. There was people camping overnight so they can just be there. And I thought, wow. This is, this is something special. This is something amazing to them. This is amazing to the people who are getting married. Now, what I want everyone to do is close your eyes. I want everyone to close your eyes. And I want all the marrieds, everyone who is married, to think, of, to think back of on their wedding day. Now, for those who are not married, I want you to close your eyes and think about the day you're going to get married. Right? Think about, think about the day you're going to put on that white dress. Maybe someone wants a pink dress. That's okay. Think about that. Think about, think about that suit you're going to wear, that tux. Think about the makeup you're going to put on. Think about how you're going to get your eyebrows done. Think about how the brothers are going to get their fresh haircut. Think about the venue. Think about the decorations. Think about the sun. Think about the weather. Think about everything that you want. Now open your eyes. How was that thought? It sounds like some of you guys started daydreaming and going on. You forgot you was at church today. How was it? How, how, how was the site? How was the view? It was great. Beautiful. Perfect. Amazing. What about the singles? Don't you have a dream? You not dream about your wedding day? Do you not dream about how beautiful your wife, your, your husband's going to look? Mm. Of course you do. Now what if you're at your wedding day? And the bride walks down the aisle. And she gets to the front. And when she gets there, she realizes the groom isn't there. And then a couple minutes later, the groom walks up the aisle in some shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> How do you think that day is going to turn out? Not so good. There may not be a wedding on that day. So I thought I would just entitle the lesson today, Be Dressed Ready for Service. Be Dressed Ready for Service. Point number one. Be like a servant. Be like a servant. Luke chapter 12. And it, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was amazing going bucket shaking uh, in the morning yesterday. And um, I, I picked up the buckets Friday night. I took them home and I woke up early, you know, prayed. 
Uh, I read my Bible and I was good to go. I was set. I got to Oxford Circus about 8.45, put the bags down, and I was like, okay, I'm here by myself. There's no one here yet. That's all right. It's not 9 o'clock yet. So 8.59 comes, and I'm like, oh, man. Woo! I don't know if I want to do this by myself. Nine o'clock hits. I look at my phone. I was like, I'm going to wait 10 minutes before I start shaking buckets. And I waited those 10 minutes and it was uh, 10, no, it was 9.09. And I started preparing the buckets. I got three out and I was just like, oh Lord. Oh boy, I don't want to do this. And then 9.10 came. I was like, okay. I picked up my bucket. For about a couple minutes, I didn't say a word. I was just standing there. I was like, oh man, this is such a struggle. How am I going to do this on my own? And I was like, no, nah, I got to do it. Got to raise some money. And then I just started speaking. I, start, I started shaking the bucket. I, I started speaking to people. Hey, you got to raise money. Hey, you got any change? I'm just going after it. And then I started to get some pounds, some coins. And then about a couple minutes later after that, Miriam came. And I was like, oh, thank God. He has brought me a servant to help me out. And then about half an hour later, Dylan came. I was like, oh, thank God. Another brother to help serve me right here. And then a little bit after, Aji came and helped out. And it was awesome because it, it, it was like we were all serving to raise money. And we had a great time. We were singing. We were laughing. Um, you know, I, I, told, I told Miriam, I told the brothers, you know what? I, I have to have fun or I'm going to be critical, yeah. depressed, <laughs> angry, and upset. I need to have fun when I'm shaking buckets. Yeah. And we had a, a great time. And I believe that... that, that uh, the, the, the brothers and the sisters, they came to serve oh because they wanted to be a servant. Mm. Luke chapter 12, right. verse 35. Point number one, be like a servant. Be dressed ready for service mm. and keep your lamps burning. Like, serv like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. So that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him and we'll stop there. So Luke writes, be dressed ready for service. Wow. It doesn't say be ready for service. It says be dressed ready for service for service. Now there, there's, some, there's some good looking people in the audience right now. And, 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 and some of you guys are dressed ready for Sunday service, which is awesome. But I think, I think he's talking about a physical dress and a spiritual dress. Have you spiritually dressed yourself for church service? You know, we can't serve unless we dress ourselves spiritually with prayer and reading of the word. It says be ready for service. What is service? Well, service can be church service. Yeah. Service can be heaven. Mm. Be dressed ready for heaven. Service can be your wedding day. Mm. Service can be a work meeting. Mm. Service can be your time with God. Yeah. 
are you dressed ready for service? And then it says, and keep your lamps burning. Keep the spirit burning. Keep it on fire. You know, I, I, one thing I think in the, in the East region, something we need to work on, something we need to make sure keeps burning is the singing. The singing has to be burning. The singing has to be electrifying. Because it shows if you're dressed ready for service. Keep that spiritual, keep, keep that spirit burning inside of you. And if something stops burning, what happens? It dies out. It goes out. Maybe some of you are just burnt out. You know, this week I was very tempted to burn out. Through this week, I got tired. I got upset. I got emotional. And at times, I just wanted to burn out. Just go to my cave. And I realized, man, I can't burn out. Out. Why? Because I just love God. The second point. Why? Because there's so many people that depend on me. I have my wife to take care of and lead to heaven. There's, there's, there's a lost generation that do not know God. That does not understand the magnitude of the Bible. The magnitude of the scriptures. And I told myself, man, I cannot burn. I refuse to burn out. Even though there was times I wanted to. Or I felt like it. I don't want to burn out, but I can feel like burning burning out. Are you burnt out this morning, going into this afternoon? Mm. And it says, verse 36, like a servant. A servant serves, and a servant is a slave of Christ. Like a servant waiting for... For their master to return from a wedding banquet. See, the master isn't waiting on a servant. The servant is waiting on the master. Yes. It says, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. Right? I think this is very powerful, especially when it comes to church service. As people who believe in God, as people who love God, as those who have made the decision to be sold out disciples, we have to be like a servant. And we have to serve those who enter the church. We have to serve those who come as visitors in the church. And if you're not here to serve, can you actually serve? Wow. No. They end up serving you and convicting you. You know, I, I'm, I'm super uh, encouraged by, by this brother. Yeah. Um, his birthday was yesterday. Yeah. And it's Jermaine Chan sitting in the second row. And uh, we, had a, we had a great time. We had some food, some uh, uh, um, nice rice, some pasta and chicken. It was awesome. Uh, we played some games um, as well. Uh, but when we shared for Jermaine, everyone mentioned something to do with servant, yes. being a uh, uh, being someone who serves, right? And the thing about Jermaine, Jermaine, he he doesn't complain about him serving. He serves without complaining, and he 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 gives his heart. He he's always giving his heart. You've asked him to do something, he'll pretty much do it, even if it, even when it's out of his way, right? That's the true heart of a servant. And uh, hey, be dressed ready for service. This is a very simple lesson. It is very simple. And I really want to challenge the church specifically on Sundays 
to be like a servant. Come to church to serve. If you're here for the first time, we hope you feel served. If you have not feel served, don't worry, we're going to repent and make sure you feel served. I, I, challenge, I challenge the disciples in the church to arrive at 10.30 if you're not serving in any capacity. Yeah. Arrive at 10.30 so you can be like the servant. It says, waiting. Yeah. We've got to be waiting to serve. Yeah. That means you don't come to church and as soon as you get to church, you have to serve. No, no, you get to church and you're actually able to relax. You're able to get things done before you actually serve. You see that? Yeah. We've got to be like the servant. So again, I challenge the church, if you're not serving on any capacity, to arrive at 1030 every Sunday. Amen. Now let's go to verse 37. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve will make him recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants who master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You, are, you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at any hour when you do not expect Him. And the church said, Amen. And uh, this is amazing. The servant is serving. He's waiting. The master gets to recline back. He gets to wait, on, he gets to wait for the food to come. And in a way, you get to recline back in your seats and get the food that comes from God. Amen? Amen. And then it says, it talks about a thief. Now, if you knew the time the thief was coming, mm -hmm. you would set up booby traps. Yeah. You would get your camera. You would call some brothers. Hey, bro, can you, uh, someone's coming at 9 o'clock. I need you over. You know, you would, uh, you would find a way to make sure that this burglar wouldn't get into the house, right? You, you would make a way. But if you didn't know that a thief was coming, would most likely your stuff will get stolen, right? Yeah. Or some damage will happen to your property. And it says, in the same way, the Son of Man is going to come when we don't expect Him. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is going to come back when we don't expect Him to. Now check this out. All of us, well some of us are probably thinking, yeah, I get it, the scripture says it, but He's not going to come back right now. Because we're preaching about it, and we got to go make disciples, and we got to go spread the gospel, and so on and so on. So right now, he's not going to come back. Okay. There may be some truth to that, but let me tell you something. The moment you stop thinking about making disciples, the moment you stop thinking about the Word of God, I guarantee you, Jesus will come back. Because it says he will come back when you do not expect him to. Because we're preaching about it and I'm saying Jesus might come back. He's like, he's waiting. I was like, okay, okay. He's waiting. Okay, they're, they're expecting it. They're on it. I hope they change and repent. So when I do come back, they can be ready for judgment. All right? And this scripture is about being ready for judgment. Being ready to be judged. Yeah. And if Jesus came back at this very moment, could you say that you are ready to be judged? Wow. 
by Jesus. Are you ready for that judgment? If you're here for the first time and you know you're not ready for that judgment, please, I, I challenge you to study the Bible. I challenge you to study the Word of God so you can be right with God. We just have to be a church that is ready to be judged. You know the phrase, hey, don't judge me. Doesn't the Bible say don't judge? You ever heard anyone say that? You know, throughout the Bible, Jesus, he actually says judge uh, accurately. The Bible says we're going to be judged. He knows our deeds. We're going to be judged by what we do. And then the scripture says, do not judge. But it doesn't stop there. It says, you'll be judged the same way. Yes. So if I judge on someone's purity, I'm like, bro, you, you, it, bro, sis, you're, you're impure. I'm going to be judged the same way right. on that level of purity. So if I fall into that sin, oh boy, I'm going to get a judgment. Yeah. But if I don't fall into that sin, I'm okay. Right. That's 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 what the scripture is saying. Right. Because we make judgments every day. You wake up in the morning. You judge what you're going to wear. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to wear that tie with that suit. I don't want to wear that jacket with that. Uh, uh. I don't know if I'm going to wear those, these shoes with this dress. I don't know if I'm going to have my hair up or down. Right. You make judgments. You get on the tube. Hmm, who am I going to sit next to? Yeah. I don't want to sit next to that guy. Yeah. Uh, and you're, you're, as you walk, you're processing this yeah. in your mind. Yeah. I don't want to sit next to... Oh, oh no, no, I'm not going to sit there. Yeah. I'm going to sit all the way over there. And you, make it, you get on the bus. Whoa. And you go towards the back. And you're just eyeing each seat. Hmm, which is the best seat to look at? Which is the best seat to sit? And you, and you sit down. I do. Uh, uh, if I'm going somewhere and I see there's a whole bunch of children over there, I'm like, I'm going to stay away from those children. I'm going to stay over here. I, I just want to help you out. We make judgments all the time in every situation. You make a judgment about which hairstyle you're going to get. About what haircut you're going to get. Every day. Right? And Jesus is going to come back and he's going to judge with the word of God. If Jesus came back, would you be ready for his judgment? Question. Get ready for How do we get ready for his judgment? Through prayer and, and, and uh, reading of, of the word. Yeah. You've got to be in your word. Yeah. You've got to be connected in prayer. This is so key. We won't be able to do anything if we're not in the word and if we're not focused on prayer. You know, I, I, challenge, I, I challenge the church. Tomorrow, everyone... Go outside to pray. Awesome. Come on, bro. Everyone. Amen. Right? And, um, <laughs> you know, you got to go outside and pray. That means if you work at nine, you got to wake up a bit earlier to go outside and pray. Yeah. Amen. And, and I, if you're married, maybe you got to push the spouse over on the side of the bed to get him up. <laughs> maybe you do. Um, if, if you do, amen. Help, help, help each other out. But now I really want to go out after prayer and uh, reading of the word. Go outside and pray. Yeah. Go outside and pray to God. If it's raining, go outside and pray. Yeah. <laughs> get, a, get, a, get, get, get a jacket that has a hood or, or get your umbrella. Go outside and pray. Right? Our second point. Be on your guard. 
be on your guard. You know, uh, about s seven to eight years ago, um, I was walking in central London and I was a friend. And uh, the person was, um, was ahead of me. So what I did, I started jogging to catch up. Yeah. When I started dropping, I mean, so when I started jogging, uh, some, I, heard, I felt something hit my hand. And I had a watch on and I looked and it was bird dropping. Oh. And it fell on my hand. I was like, oh, I was so discouraged. I was wiping it off of the uh, pavement stuff and just getting it off and it was just there. It, it was just disgusting. So every time I walk under a bridge, I walk under a tree, I look up. You remember that? I, I remember, I look at those birds, and I'm just watching, I'm watching my step, because I'm, I'm always watching. I'm on my guard, <laughs> making sure, I don't, because one of my fears, this is just to be open, one of my fears is to, you know, be on my way to church, or be on my way to something important, and the bird drops on my head. <laughs> I, I, every time I go under a tunnel, I think about it. I'm like, I, oh, please don't let this happen to me today. <laughs> I'm always on my guard when I go under a bridge or under a tree. Let's go to, uh, we're still in Luke 12, but in verse 13. It says, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. It's like, Jesus, my brother has so much money. He's not giving me a dime. Tell him to give me some. Tell him to share. I don't know if you ever asked your mom or dad that about somebody. Can you tell that, that person to give me what he has? Yeah. To give me some of what he has? Yeah. Verse 14. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. I'm going to stop right there. Yeah. Um, so this is pretty cool because uh, the, the, the word guard in Greek uh, is spelled P-H-Y-L-A-S-S-O. And it means to watch. It can also mean to obey and to avoid. Right? So when I go under a tunnel, I watch and I avoid those birds because I'm on my guard. And the, the, the Greek word for Greek it's spelled P-L-E-O-N-E-X-I-A. And it means avarus, which means extreme greed. Whoa. Fraudulency, which is fraud. Exhortion, which is uh, to, do some, to get something uh, with force. <laughs> and covetous, which is to, to want something with a deep desire. Okay, so you've got extreme greed, deep desire with force and fraud. So this is greed. Greed, you're extremely greedy. You're extremely greedy, right? So anytime you see the word green, greed, or anytime someone says you're greedy or you have greed, it's extreme. Don't worry about what level it is. It's extreme, okay? So extreme greed means that you have a strong desire for something. And this desire is so strong, it will lead you to, to get it by force. Wow. 
And if you go after it by force, because the desire is so strong, you will go to the length of even fraud to get this. And the scripture, it is speaking more of money and financial things because it talks about possessions. And in order to get possessions, you need money. Now, it may not be your own money. It may be your mom's money. It may be your dad's money. It may be your boyfriend's money, your girlfriend's. You still need money, right? Maybe it's from your job. Amen, if you got a job. And in order to have possessions, you need money. So it's about about money. Jesus is speaking about money a lot. And he's saying, don't be greedy with your money. Don't be greedy with your finances. Give. But I want to take greed to another level because greed can be a personal thing. Greed can show itself through people. I thought, wow. You know, people will try and fraud their way into heaven. People will try and force their way into heaven. People will have a strong desire to go to heaven, but they don't do anything about their strong desire. They don't follow the Bible accurately when they go about their force. They completely go off the far end when they go after fraud. And you can try and fraud your way into heaven by being fake but come to church on Sunday. By living another life, but then come to church and start praying and singing and reading your Bible. Let's go to verse 1. It says, Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered. See, this 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 is great. The Bible has actually told you about how many people were with were uh, following Jesus and would crowd around Jesus. It said many thousands. Jesus had the influence to call many thousands to follow him. But we know many thousands did not follow. It said they gathered so that they were trampling on one another. Jesus began to speak first to his disciples saying, Be on your guard. Against the yeast of the Pharisee, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear, in the ear, in the in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the rooftops, and we'll stop there. So you got many people, you, you got thousands and thousands of people. And Jesus speaks to his people, his disciples, first. He's like, guys, be on your guard. Be on my guard from what? From people. From the Pharisee. Right? I was like, wow. People can be greedy. I can be greedy. But other people can be greedy. And Jesus says, hey, be on your guard. You know, I think about families. Families can be greedy, totally. They can be greedy with you. Why? Because they love you. They care for you. They want you to, to all to themselves. They want you to, to walk according to their will. And they can be greedy. Sometimes it's, it's, it's good to be greedy, be very caring. But when, people, when, when someone decides to make Jesus Lord of their life, when someone decides to study the Bible and change things in their lives... Family members may not like it. Mm. Family members may say, ho, 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 what's, things are, what's going on? No, no, no. 
I don't want you to go there. I don't want you to go to that church. I don't want you to stop doing that. I want you to come back home and continue. And, and they get greedy. Because they don't see the great thing that you're doing for God. You know, think about our friends. Friends in the world. Just, just friends in general. Can be greedy. Why don't you hang out with us anymore? Come, 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 come to the club. Come over to the house. Come, come let's have some fun. And you fall into sin with them. Friends can be so greedy when you do something great for God. We can be greedy with our holidays. Holidays can be greedy. I don't know if you ever see advertisement of like um, Hawaii or Curacao or Spain or or uh, 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 well, come help me out, guys. The Philippines, Greece, Jamaica. Oh, now okay, now the hearts are coming out. Jamaica, yeah, the greed of holidays, right there, right? Oh, I just need a holiday. I just wanna. I I just need. I just need to get out of here. I just need to get out and get some time. The greed of holidays. You know, I, I think about the greed of unhealthy eating. Right? I think about that smooth, delicious, chocolatey, chocolatey, all this mint chocolate and peanut chocolate smoothies. How it's how it goes into your mouth and it's just uh, the greed of unhealthy eating. Right? Dominic is with me on that. Right? <laughs> The gel of rice. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> of spicy gel of rice, right? I don't, I don't know how healthy that is. Being greedy with that, right? The greed of unhealthy eating. We, we're very greedy. Why? Because we, we have everything that we want. We have a roof over our, our head. We have, we can travel. We have transport. We can walk to places. There's public transport. We have an oyster and there's buses. There's trains. Everyone has clothes on. Yeah. Right? Everyone has their hair done, their haircuts, and, and things on their hair. We're greedy. The moment we don't have something, we get upset. We get frustrated and we get discouraged because we're greedy. Yeah. What a greedy generation we are. That's right. And Jesus says, be on your guard of your own greed. But greed of other people as well. Right? Let's go to verse 16. We're going to the parable. And it says, and he told him this parable. The ground of a certain, a certain rich man yield an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, shall, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? 
This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. And the church said, Amen. Amen. And this is just so amazing. I I love this parable because the, the, the man said that he had a, an abundant harvest, right? And so the barn that he had wasn't big enough. So I, I, I was thinking, I don't know how long it took him to destroy that barn he had. Because it probably was already big. He's a, he's a farmer, it seems like. To destroy it, get rid of all of the debris, to build an even bigger barn, right? And what he had to still stay fresh. What he had to still be pure. What he had to still, to still be good. Um, but, he, but that's what he told himself. I'm going to do this and yeah. I'm going to make a bigger barn and store these things and I'm going to put my time and effort and focus into it, right? It doesn't happen just overnight. He didn't destroy the barn and then build it overnight. No, it took time. Right. It took his energy. It took his money. And it took his time. It took his focus. And he focused on building his barn to store his possessions, to store the harvest that he yielded, mm-hmm. right? And I, I was like, okay, he put his whole time, effort into it. And then Jesus says, you fool. You fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. And I thought, okay. All this guy wanted to do was eat, <coughs> drink, and be merry. He wanted to have fun. He wanted to live life. He wanted to have a good time. Yeah. We all want to have a good time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Who here wants to have a luxury car, have thousands of pounds, and live a great life? Yeah. <laughs> all right, some raise their hands, some are lying. It's okay. It's, it's all right. I want to I live a great life. I, I can't drive, but I would love to have a luxury car. I would love to have thousands of pounds as well. <laughs> Who here wants to go into a ministry, lead a church, and get appointed? Okay, this, this is what happened. The hands went up slower. And not as many hands went up. This is the problem. We want to store things up on earth for ourselves. And not be rich towards God. Ministry is rich towards God. Godly marriages is rich towards God. The ministry is rich towards God. Making disciples help people to know Christ is rich towards God. Thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds is not rich towards God. We need it. We need money to pay bills. To go and and to go to other countries and plant mission teams. Right? Right? And it's how you store your money. Yeah. But if you hold this in your own little barn, which may be your life savings, mm-hmm. maybe your savings for your marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I couldn't save for my marriage. I li- I had yeah, I didn't have any money. <laughs> but God made a way. Yeah. Why? Because we just focused on God. We were about God's purpose. I still don't have any money. But I want to be in the ministry more than I want thousands and thousands of pounds. You know, I I really want to challenge everyone 
um, here is to just to get advice about the different areas in your life. Get advice yeah. about situations with your family. Get advice about situations with your friends. Get advice about if you should go on holidays or not. Or how long of a holiday you should go. Get advice about your unhealthy eating. Right? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of us eat unhealthy, right? Yeah. No? Yeah. Get advice, guys. We got to get advice in every... There shouldn't be any error that we hide to ourselves. I'm like, well, I'm not, I, know what, I know what they're going to say, so I'm not even going to say it. No. You're not being on your guard. Yeah. Satan is so clever. Yeah. Satan is ready to take you out. Maybe you're spacing out and Satan has already taken you out. Wow. Yeah. But Satan is looking for an opportunity to stop you from focusing on God. We got to get advice, guys. If you're here for the first time, get advice. In the world, there's, a su there's such thing as independent single ladies. But in the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as being independent. Right? Because Jesus said, it, it, the, the, scriptures, the scriptures are clear. In Colossians 1, you can't separate the head from the body. Even, even as the body, the body is the church, the head is Christ. Even in that dynamic, we need, Jesus needs the church. The body needs the head. We need one another. Now, we can do some things without each other. We, we can go off on your, on your independent track, and you can get things done. But like in verse 21, it will be, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves. When you have an independent focus, you're storing up things for yourself. When you have an independent track, you're storing up things for yourself. When you want to do ministry stuff independently, you're storing things up for yourself. When you don't want to meet up with disciples, you're storing things up for yourself. When you don't want to study the Bible, you're storing things up for yourselves. When you don't want to be totally committed, you're storing things up for yourselves. And not things that are rich towards God. I want to call us to, to store things that are rich towards God. And we have to do it together. We cannot do, I, I cannot do it on my own. You guys cannot do it on your own. We need to support each other. We need to help each other. We need to be in contact with each other. Yeah. Come on, John. And this just leads me to my last point. Amen. Repent or perish. Luke chapter 13. Verse 1. Now there were some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifice. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than those, than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will perish. Or those 18 who died when a tower in Salaam fell on them. Do you think that they were guilty, more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I'll tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will perish. Mm -hmm. Then he told them this parable. 
A man had a fig tree growing in his uh, vineyard. And he went out and looked for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to them, to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should I use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. I'm going to stop right there. Repent or perish. These are the words of Jesus. He said, repent or perish. He said, don't worry. Everyone has sinned. Don't worry about it. Everyone is guilty. Don't worry about it. I'm not better than anyone in this room. I'm, I'm probably the, the worst sinner out of everyone here in this room. I have wicked thoughts. I make mistakes. I, I mess up a lot. All right? So let, let's, let's, let's lay this down. We're on the same level. Right? We're all sinners. But Jesus says, unless you repent, you will perish. And I looked, I, 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 and we see this fig tree, and, and we see, wow, this fig tree, it didn't have any fruits. There weren't any figs on this fig tree, right? It, this tree wasn't living out its purpose, its purpose of bearing fruit. And I was like, wow, we can be a fig tree or a dead tree. So right now, this wasn't a fig tree, this was a dead tree. And so I have to ask you, are, are, are you a fig tree? Or are you a dead tree? Are you a disciple that is making disciples? Or are you a dead disciple? It's, it's very, this is very simple, very clear. Fruit. The tree is supposed to bear fruit. We're supposed to bear fruit in our lives. Now there's many areas where we can bear fruit. Right? But if we love God with all of our might, all of our soul, all of our, our strength, we know that Jesus calls us to go and make disciples. Yes. We know that it is God's will for all men to be saved yes. and come to the knowledge of the truth. Yes. That if we're all in, we'll be making disciples. Mm. You know, I'm so fired up about Warren. Yeah. Uh, Warren, he got baptized last week, and one of the one of the calls was like, Warren, if you have to if you have to lead lead the church. Today, you got to be willing to do it. And we all know his response. He's like, I'm not ready, but I'll do it. Come on, Warren. And Warren, he's going to go back to Paris, and he's going to preach, repent, or perish. And he shared, because he, he's, he's come from a Catholic background, and his friends and his family are in the Catholic background. And he sees and he realizes all the traditions that does not line up with the Word of God. And he says, wow, unless I repent, I, need to, I, I will perish. As disciples, we need to share our faith. Amen. If you're not in Bible studies, if you're not sharing your faith, you're not making disciples. Yes. Part of making disciples is sharing your faith, being in Bible studies. Yeah. You know, I'm so grateful for the sisters, for MJ, uh, uh, for Sharina, uh, they, they're just, uh, uh, for um, Eugenie. They're, they're going after Bible studies. They're going after studying the Bible. 
which is awesome. And, and we, 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 we've got some women that want to get baptized, that want to be disciples. Amen. So please pray for them. Um, but we, we just, what, what are the things that we got to repent? I'm glad you want to know. Luke chapter 12, verse 31. Luke makes it very simple. Verse 31, it says, But seek his kingdom, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, for Luke, he didn't have to mention his righteousness. Why? Because the kingdom was all he had. He knew that right, you have to be righteous in the kingdom. But Luke just mentioned the kingdom of God. Do you seek first the kingdom of God? As a church, I can tell you, no, we don't. And we need to repent. And it's not about, oh, I need to check boxes, do a checklist. I need to make sure I go to all these meetings. Of the No, 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 no. It's not that. When you, when you don't come to church, usually it's because you're in sin. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Usually you've done something. You don't want people to know. You don't want people to look at you. You don't want you don't want you, you don't want no one to look at you. Your eyes go around and your head go all the way over there. You don't want that to happen. So you know you choose not to go to church, right? You choose not to go to the meetings of the body. But we see here in the scriptures we've got to seek the kingdom first. We've got to repent, or you will perish. What do I mean by that? You will drift away from the kingdom of God. Yeah. You will leave the church. And that's what's happened. People have left. People have drifted away. And I pray that they will come back to God. I pray that they will go through their lives and just realize like, man, things weren't perfect in the kingdom of God. It's not, trust me. Even in the Acts. Acts chapter 6. Widows were being overlooked. There were sisters in the church that weren't being fed. They were starving. That's a big problem. Yeah. How would uh, married sisters, how would you guys feel if uh, your husbands weren't feeding you? <laughs> They're a big problem, right? And it's happened in the church. Uh, the church isn't perfect. They, we will hurt each other. We will mess up. We will make mistakes. But if we're going to have the Bible as our standard, we've got to obey the scriptures even when someone has sinned against you. Yeah. yeah. We gotta seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. We gotta be on time. We we've gotta be early. We've gotta be on time to things. You know, and I'll, I'll I will put my hand up. I think I have been lukewarm in time management. Now I, I I'm come. I'm here, and I'll be on time. But certain certain times throughout my week, I may not be on time. And I'll take that on my shoulders. But when you're on time, it shows that you're walking with God. When you're on time, it shows that you're ready for service. When you're on time, it shows that you're dressed ready for service. And we've got to repent from our laziness. Such a big thing. Laziness. When you're lazy, you're not motivated. When you're not motivated, you don't get things done. When you don't get things done, you get depressed. When you get depressed, you put yourself down. When you put yourself down, you stay at home. When you stay at home, you watch Netflix and movies and whatever all day, every day. When you do that all day, every day, you fall into sin. You fall into mega sin. And you don't live out the life that God has called you to live. Repent or perish. What, what's the error in your life? You, you have to repent. 
I've got to repent in my mornings. As a fact, who likes to sleep? Me. You? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I love me some sleep, boy. <laughs> I like that, right? But that's, that's, my, that's my flesh. That's what, that's what the flesh wants to do. Why do I say that? Because I see what God wants me to do. I see God wants me to have powerful times with Him in the morning. When I wake up late, I tend not usually have a great quiet time. I tend not usually pray, really pray to God. I tend not to really read the Bible. I'll read it and I'll pray, but it's not powerful. It's not a great time, right? And that's, that's just where I, 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 need, I need to repent. I need to make sure every single day, every morning, I have that great time. I have that great prayer. I, I have that great reading of the Bible, right, for my salvation. And then I can go and help other people. Mm-hmm. What about yourself? What do you need to repent from? And know if you don't repent, eventually down the line, you will perish. Why? Because Jesus will come back and judge. Yeah. He judges the churches. He judges individually. He judges by what you do. You know, I want to leave you guys off with encouraging words. Yeah. Now, we do have to repent. But I believe in every one of you. Mm. Uh, even if you're not a disciple, I believe in you. Mm. Even if you've been here for the first time and you know I don't know you, I believe in you. Mm. Why? Because this world needs people like us. This world needs people like you. 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 To make a difference. To make a change. You know this world is not good. You know that there's something wrong in this world. Well, you might say, well, there's something wrong with you as well. I totally, this is why I'm in the kingdom of God. Amen. We can do this collectively together. We can do great things for God. God loves you. I love you. I pray that you can join us. And uh, we can just do amazing things to God. And to God be all the glory. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H dot org dot UK. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one